Hi everybody, happy Wicked Wednesday and welcome to Shivers. We're thick in the spooky season, decorations hung, Halloween music playing, and horror movies breaking the screens of families across the world. Today we're talking about the creepiest Halloween songs to listen to this season, based on lyrics and just overall strangeness. Last year I did a post on my favorite Halloween songs, so if you're interested in hearing those recommendations, take a listen to that. I'm also getting over sickness, so bear with me. Giving some background information to this list today, my dad listens to very eclectic music in general, and growing up I just knew that about him. Compiling a list of strangest music for an eventual haunted house of my own, I knew he was the person to ask for the soundtrack. So thanks dad for the majority of the songs on this list. And for anyone interested in listening to that playlist, it's pretty much done. Look up Follow the Rules under Gina Grossbauer on Spotify and you'll be able to find it. <coughs> These are 10 songs that I think are the creepiest for the Halloween season, and they are in no particular order. At number one, we have Future Legend by David Bowie. This song came out in 1974 and is representative of the apocalypse and self-created genocide in New York City. People who are always wanting more, people who are always doing more. This song is only about 40 seconds long, but it's the start of the whole album and is certainly worth being on this list. Next we have Ghosts by Japan. This came out in 1982. This song is very representative of the idea of skeletons in the closet and <clears throat> going insane through regret. A lot of the lyrics are all about um, the wind wisping through like ghosts time passing, nothing you can do to stop it, and it's very much of not seizing the moment and worried about what that's going to bring. So that's what that song's all about, but it's very creepy when you actually listen to it, and there's no real beat, so it's very eerie. Next we have Rainer of the Fox by Julian Cope. This song came out in 1984. It is a normal song for the first half of it, Sounds like a very typical 80s song, but about halfway through, you get a change of music, you get a change of lyrics, you get these people shouting. It's very strange. <coughs> the idea behind this is that both animals and humans are predatory and self-interested and will, if necessary, exercise cunning in order to serve their own ends. This is, that, that explanation comes from Julian Cope himself, but the song itself is very uncomfortable rather than creepy, but either way, I think it deserves to be on this list. Next, we have Woman in the Wall by The Beautiful South. This came out in 1989, and very blatantly and basically, it's about murder. This man goes to, the lyrics are depicting a story of this man going to a bar, picking up a woman, bringing her back home, and rather than hooking up with her, he kills her. However, because the artists themselves said that this song symbolizes the struggle for personal freedom and authentic connection. It's hard to go out to a bar and just meet somebody without thinking that there's something deeper there. It's hard to go out to a bar and not worry about what's going to happen. And with this being in 1989, very still true today, even more so true today. But the lyrics themselves are also very indicative that this song was inspired by the Edgar Allan Poe story of bringing someone and killing them by putting them behind a wall. So 
as part of the clinic timing year. Next, we have an artist called Nina Hagen from the 1980s. The two songs I want to mention today are Tachi Taro and Anti-World. These are from the same album in 1982. Nina Hagen is a very strange individual. She's a German singer. She's very eclectic, very individual. She's inspiring because she is who she is and you can't tell her otherwise. Even if you just look her up on Google, you'll know what I mean. But all of her songs are representative of the way that she is as well. All of her songs are representing and symbolizing this idea of power is in perception and things are not exactly what they seem. So I think it's very cool. I think what she does is really awesome. But her songs themselves make me so uncomfortable and so creeped out. Tachi Taro is one of her songs. I have no idea what she's saying the whole time. I think half of the words are gibberish, but it's weird. And the other song is called Anti-World. This is the first song on the album and is representative of religious freedom and suppression and how to really balance those two, but very interesting nonetheless. Next on the list is Elephant Talk by King Crimson. This song came out in 1981. The Urban Dictionary definition of elephant talk is talking without speaking too much, making someone understand what you mean without actually having to throw a lot of words at them. According to King Crimson, this song itself shows how talk, conversations, and debates can sometimes be loud, chaotic, and fruitless. It sounds pretty simple and not creepy at all, but the beat, the very much 80s vibe of it, gives, it's, it's giving backroom vibes. This song, I think, would truly be played over the speakers of the Van and Boss Pubs. That's that's the vibe of Elephant Talk. But yeah, very interesting nonetheless. Next on the list is the band called the Alan Parsons Project. They are from the late 70s, early 80s. But two songs in particular that I want to talk about. One is Total Eclipse. This song came out in 1977 is about really the AI taking over and making humans extinct which is scarier now more than ever. And they have another song called The Telltale Heart. This is from a different album in 1987, and is truly the song based off of the Edgar Allan Poe story, Telltale Heart, written in 1843. Both of these, I think, are super relevant now and make for fantastic Halloween songs. Next, we have Put All the Crosses in the Right Boxes by Department S. This song came out in 1981. The record that it's on is somewhat of a parody, quoting a lot from Monty Python, but this song itself is pretty creepy and seems to represent the idea of burying John. Next on the list is the singer Brian Eno, who was in a band called the Talking Heads. He created two songs, America is Waiting and The Jezebel Spirit, both off of the same album in 1981. The whole album itself takes snippets of radio shows and interviews of very profound people and commentary and puts them together in song collages of sorts. 
America is waiting is more of a play on the entertainment industry and the influence that comes over actors and viewers alike. <coughs> Excuse me. The Gispel spirit, on the other hand, is very interesting and is real. The, the song plays an Afrobeat over the top of an actual exorcism taken place in 1977 by Catherine Coleman, who was a spiritual leader in the Philadelphia area. Her estate prohibited the use of her voice, so Brian Eno dubbed his own voice over the exorcism itself and made a match. Give it a listen. It's creepy. And finally, I could not end this list without one of my personal favorites, The Coming and Take Me Away by Jerry Samuel, AKA Napoleon XIV. This song came out originally in 1966, but is on almost all of the Halloween playlists you'll see today. This song is probably my favorite for Halloween season, especially the more modern remixed versions. On the outside, it is a song about someone going insane after a breakup and abusive relationship. But digging deeper, the original singer Jerry Samuel wanted to make a parody song about someone losing their mind over a dog that won't behave. The entire song is about training your dog and getting agitated at it running away, leaving the ending with the threat, when I find you, I'll put you in the ASPCA, you mangy mutt. Honestly, I didn't know that this song was about a dog until today, so I guess you always learn something new. That concludes our list. Thank you for listening to today's Wicked Wednesday. Check out the Shivers social pages, including the newest page through Universal Paranormal Plus to see some of my Halloween haunt reviews from this and last year, along with more episodes of Shivers in general. Don't forget, if you're a fan of reading, Burn Her Down, my book, is available on Amazon and is free for anyone using Kindle Unlimited. Enjoy!